Welcome to Sheer Clarity, the show that will teach you about leadership by attraction, building self-awareness, and how to develop exceptional self-management abilities that will help you become more reflective, more open, more trusting, and more engaging with the people who matter to you most. In other words, make you a better leader. Head on over to SheerClarity.com where you can learn more, subscribe to the show for free, and connect on social media. And now, here's your host, Jay Kevin McHugh. Hey, everyone. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas from Kevin and Matthew at Sheer Clarity. We are delighted to be able to drop an episode on the big day. Actually, as we were preparing for this episode, I had to uh, just give a shout out to my producer. You'll talk to him in a minute, Matthew Passy. Matthew had a great idea. We were talking at Thanksgiving around gratitude, and now it becomes holiday time, and that's a season of gifts and gift giving. And we've actually got both categories covered. We've gotten a lot of gifts from you guys in the way of feedback. Matthew will share more of that. And we also, maybe we should throw a few gifts at you. It's a busy time of year. I'm expecting that no one's listening on the day the podcast dropped, but maybe uh, in the days after as you're on the way home or you're trying to uh, work out on the treadmill to get rid of some of that holiday eating, we thought we would devote this episode to uh, the idea of gifts. Speaking of gifts, one of the great gifts in my life is Matthew Passy. And We've been doing this now for a couple of months. I don't know how many episodes we're at. I just don't track them. Matthew does. He'll tell you. But he is a gift. He's been a gift to me. There's no way I can do this show without him. And with that, I'd like to say happy holidays, Matthew. And I'm going to turn it over to you because you're going to run the show. Well, thank you, Kevin. And I'm very grateful to hear you say that and appreciative. And, and truthfully, this has been the show has been a gift to me as well. This has been a fantastic show to work on. And while obviously you're a great client, a great friend, a great personality to be connected with, I also say I have the pleasure of having the front row seat in the J. Kevin McHugh class on life and leadership. And I have taken so much away from this podcast that I hope has helped me to become a better leader and just a better person in general. So thank you for that as well. You're welcome. We have also received a lot of great gifts from our audience, and we are so grateful, so thankful. You have all provided so much support, so much love, so much positive encouragement, and we can't thank you enough. So we, we want to share a little bit of that with you today. Thank you again for all of that. And then we have a few questions in the, the listener mailbag that we are going to answer, a few things that have come up based on episodes that we've dropped already. And so we're going to tap into Kevin's genius just a little bit more today and uh, give you some things to think about as you're getting over the holiday hangover and getting ready to start off 2020, ready to kick ass and take names. Real quickly, a couple of reviews that we've seen over the past few months. This one coming from Bridget. She says the show is engaging and enlightening, smart to the point, providing wonderful insight, not only for leadership, but anyone that wants to live a more truthful, elevated life. Thank you, Bridget. We are excited to hear you say that. And truthful, elevated life is such a fantastic way of describing it. Personally, like I said, I get a lot from the show and I feel like that's a great way of describing what this kind of insight provides. And then we got tremendously insightful. This is from Mike. Mike says, this podcast continues to help me think differently about my life in a positive way. 
And this was in response to an episode we did a little while ago about the halftime model. Mike, thank you. We are so glad to hear that this is helping you think about your life. I like the way he stressed in a positive way. If nothing else, the one thing you should take away from the show is that it really is all about positivity. If you can view the world in a more positive light, if you can view yourself in a more positive light, if you can view your relationships in a more positive light, everybody that you work with will be happier and your outcomes will be that much greater. I think that's definitely something we could take away from all this, Kevin. Yes. The word light is awesome to me because the uh, darkness is absolutely the absence of light. You actually don't get darkness until you have light. And by light, we see, right? And having your eyes wide open and your heart wide open is what lets the light in. And as you have that, you're actually able to reflect it back. Like if you're open and you've got light inside of you and you've done the work, you've been reflective, you looked in the mirror and all that good stuff, just think of it this way. When you look in the mirror at yourself, if the mirror's dirty, the image that comes back to you isn't so clear. And as you know, the show is based on this, like sheer clarity. So what I, I think we're kind of doing is putting a little uh, Windex and a little paper towel in, in everyone's uh, hands as they sort of kind of wipe around and get rid of some of the dirt, some of the cloudiness, some of the things so that we let the full light in. And, and when you've got that going on for you, you become a bright light. It's bouncing back. It's reflecting off of you. And if you ever wanted to be leader by attraction, that's the way to do it. And that light that you have that you're developing inside of yourself becomes a powerful source of light for other people. I think that's what came up when you were telling me light, positive light. Might have been too much. (laughs) I think that's a great way to describe it. I mean, it's partially why the holiday season is always such a happy time of year, because as you're driving down the streets that are normally, you know, a little bit darker at night, a little bit more hidden. You've got all these homes with big Christmas light displays and roofs and everything just decked out in the stuff. And right, it, it's that brightness that adds a little bit more cheer to your day, even if it is subconscious. So I think highlighting that word light, especially this time of year, is such a great, great thing for you to say. Another piece of gift that we got has been some direct feedback from some of our listeners in the form of emails and, and other commentary. We got Anna, who sent us this great email shortly after we did the series on feedback. There was a three-part podcast series about what is feedback, positive and negative feedback. And then, Kevin, I mean, that was just a great article you wrote, really tying it all together. But she said, this is so incredibly timely. We're in the process of doing performance evaluations right now. And after reading the article, it's such a great reminder that the words we use are critical and the motive and... Our critic, uh, let me try that again. <laughs> this is podcasting. This is real time podcasting. This is how this is how this is how it works. It may get edited out, and you might decide to leave it in. We yeah, this might stay. You might hear me doing the blah blah blah. That's probably the most sophisticated thing I've heard in a while. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I, I've listened to some other podcasts we've done, and, and I'll start describing something, and I'll go, and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like every, Everybody's supposed to understand. It's like a cheater's way of having an eloquent sentence that just ends the eloquence. Right. It's exactly it. It's, I, don't, I don't have a better way of describing this, so let me leave you with that. <laughs> yeah, let me leave you with blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but so Anna said, 
after reading the article, it's such a great reminder that the words we use are critical and the motive must be thought of before delivering constructive criticism. Anna, thank you so much. That's fantastic feedback, pun intended, on our episodes about feedback. <laughs> Something just popped for me while you were saying that. Do you know I have had people say to me that when they actually start practicing this what's my motive, they probably reduce what they were going to say by 50%. They end up concluding, yeah, nah, I think I'll shut up. <laughs> I'm not saying it now. <laughs> My motive actually sucks, <laughs> which is good. It's good. Not only will it save you from giving out unnecessary feedback and commentary that could wind up being hurtful or something else, but also it saves you time, makes you more efficient, right? That's true. That's true. That's true. And then this has been probably one of the best things that we've heard from one of our listeners. This is from Christy and her entire team in Kansas. Christy reached out early on to say that she was excited about the podcast, and not only was she going to listen to it, she was going to make her team listen to it. And she actually sent us a picture of her and the team. And she writes, the team here has continued to meet weekly and enjoy the podcast. We love how relevant and succinct it is. Not this episode, but most of them are very succinct. It's a great breath of fresh air each week as we constantly strive to live our best life. Uh, Christy and the whole team out there in Kansas, thank you, thank you, thank you. That, I, you know, that touched our hearts. She's a joy. The team is a joy. I've been out there doing work with those guys for a long, long time. And every time we get together, the session is super energetic. The people are super engaged and they have fun. So I add my thanks to Christy. And so again, just want a heartfelt thank you to everybody who has provided feedback. If you haven't yet, if you want to, you can email us, kevin at sheerclarity.com. You know, we won't give out your personal information. You can submit it anonymously. You can also use the form on the website or post a review on Apple Podcasts. That's a great way for not only us to know what you're thinking, but for everybody else who might be checking out the show to know what value this will bring to them. The other thing we wanted to do today, because it is the gift giving season, is we wanted to tap into some of your questions and see if we can pull a little bit more out of Kevin, even though we've gotten so much out of him from this past year and get into some other topics that we haven't quite touched upon. So going into the listener mailbag, we've got a question from Dan C. He's out of New Jersey. This was in response to the episodes that we did on honesty early on. He says, what do you do if you're afraid to be honest with someone because they get defensive? And that's a great question. And how about if we add a dimension and it's your boss? Oh, yeah. This is a tough one. It's really, really, really tough one. I think when you're finally afraid in that regard, you've got one option, and it's to be honest with them. And you actually ask them, can I have 20 minutes of your time? And the reason I say 20 minutes is because you're likely to get it. And they're going to say to you immediately, what's this about? And you're going to say, it's about my relationship with you. And leave it and then stop. And it'll be interesting because the first thing they'll say right after that, well, what is it? Like, what's the problem, right? And this is where you got to get your skills 
together. He said, if I thought it was something I wanted to tell you over the phone, or if I wanted to tell you over email, I would do it. I don't want that. My relationship with you is so important to me, it has to be face-to-face. Now, if at that point you don't get 20 minutes, you have a really crappy boss. <laughs> I mean, you got, a, you got a crappy boss. And by the way, it's the number one reason why people leave their jobs. And for those of you who are bosses, if you're in the category of too damn busy and too defensive and too impatient, and you're in charge of people and their lives and their welfare, man, you better listen to this podcast from the beginning and every episode twice because you're doing damage, period. And if you have somebody who actually took the time to write you an email and to tell you they'd like 20 minutes with you to talk about their connection and their relationship with you, if you don't receive that as a gift and you get threatened and you get defensive, you got to work on yourself. So I'll just stop there because this is an answer for the person who Dan C., who wanted to know, what do you do about it? So I think we've established you're going to request a 20-minute face-to-face. Okay, so let's assume you got through the four layers of defensiveness and via email or a phone call, right, and you got your 20 minutes. That's when the rubber meets the road. And at that level, you're finally sitting face-to-face with your boss. And you can start with... I love the company. I love the organization. I've been here, fill in the blank, one year, two years, six months, five years, whatever it is. And I desire every day I come here to do an outstanding job. I give everything I have. The one thing I just don't have right now is a feeling of a safe connection with you. I am afraid to say anything. And the reason I am is that you will have a defensive and emotional reaction. And that's why I'm here. I lost sleep over the last three weeks, even thinking about doing this. I lost sleep last night. But I thought enough of you to make a very concerted, focused effort. And that's why I asked for 20 minutes. And what I'm asking for is for you to hear me and just to listen, and to do whatever you can on your side of the aisle to hear me all the way out. And it's because I care. Now, that's the setup. Now, it's going to be hard for anyone, even the most offensive person, to hear that, for them to do anything other than say, go ahead. And that's when you tell them. And you'll tell them, one of the things I know you're passionate about is performance and you're passionate about productivity. And this is where you sort of have your little prep sheet. When I engage with you, there are times when I will experience these kinds of things from you. Your voice will raise, your face will get red, you will start to cut off my sentences, you will actually begin to yell. There are times when you're cursing, And at that moment, every part of my being shuts down. And at that point, I disconnect and I walk away and I've 
I've up to this point made it sound in my own head like this is hopeless. And I thought I would take one last shot at telling you what this is and how I feel. Now, you might ask yourself, what do I want? I want you to be aware of it. I want you to know the only reason I'm telling you is because I care. I would like to end my feeling of fear, and I'd like to end my hesitancy of sharing. I'd like to improve the connection with you, and I'd like to be able to encounter you with less of the defensive, angry, emotional response that I tend to get. And that's it in a nutshell. And then shut up and see what happens. That last part's the hard part. Dan, I, I feel your pain, man, because I do this for a living, and this is, happens more times than I can count. I have encountered it myself as the coach, and the difference between me and the employee is I literally don't care if they fire me. I don't care. I don't want to work for that person. I'm blessed with enough business where I can walk away. That is not necessarily true for the average person in their job, at home, paying a mortgage, making a car payment, sending kids to college, and all the other things you got to do. It takes real courage to pull this up and do this. And if you're afraid of losing your job, literally losing your job, because this person is so volatile that you're afraid, I would then say, don't do it. In other words, when you're asking and you're saying, why am I afraid to be honest? It's one thing to say I'm afraid because I get defensive. But if you're actually afraid that it could cause you to lose your job and you don't want to lose your job, then you've got to go ahead and do a lot more work on yourself to be in a place of acceptance. That's where you sort of try and shift yourself away from being mad at them to sad for them. Sad that they're just, just such an angry, miserable person or sad that they just don't have any room for feedback and put your head down and do what you can. But eventually, people who are in that category, they'll find a new job. And I'll stop there. I don't know. What do you think of that answer? Would you buy that? I would. Well, what I was going to say is it's some good advice, but a little bit of tough love there. I mean, it's the path that you want to take is not always straight and narrow. It's not always easy, but it's better to take a hard path than to just suffer, I think is what you're sort of getting at here. Think of it this way. If, for a person who's in dance position, and there are a lot of people out there who are listening are going to relate to this, you're in a tough position either way. You're in a tough position having to deal with somebody like this. You're in a tough position if you decide to have one more effort to sort of tell them. And you're in a tough position if you decide, I have to go find a new job. This is, there's stress no matter where you go. So. I'm just asking, you know, I'm trying to tell Dan, if you want to have a crack at it, that's my best shot at it. Well, Dan, thank you for the question. We hope that helps. And feel free to send us a follow-up if you need a little bit more on that. Next question is coming from Greg in California. This was in response to some of the episodes we did about vulnerability. And it is, how do you introduce vulnerability into the workplace without it feeling forced or contrived? I always go back to this. When you say it feels forced or contrived, it's sort of forced means 
you're anticipating resistance, right? I need force. I need to press in on this idea of vulnerability because there's got to be some resistance to it. And then I'll take contrived as a second part. I think both of those are going to get answered by going back to the, the big question on any of these kinds of things. You have to be able to explain to a workplace, to a work team, why. In other words, convince me that I'm supposed to be vulnerable. So there's a why question that has to be answered. And then there's a what question. What do you mean by vulnerability? What actually do you mean? So here's the why and the what kind of wrapped into to one thing. You would have to explain to the team that vulnerability is really about being able to place yourself in a position where there's some discomfort. Discomfort with what? Discomfort with how people are going to think of you. That's essentially what we're talking about. Vulnerability suggests that you're afraid to be honest in things about you that are true, that you're afraid people are going to think ill of you. For example, just in the, in the basic category, I have met, and we did an episode on this called the imposter syndrome, right? There are people who simply may not know the answer. They may be in a position where they are totally befuddled by what to do. They haven't been prepared. They haven't trained. They haven't encountered this before. I see this with entrepreneurs who grow their businesses to a place where it's beyond the scope of their, their experience. They don't know how to manage any kind of a company that has scaled. What you did when it was 20 million or 30 or 50 doesn't work at 100 or 150. It just doesn't work. This is where you're going to start hiring different caliber of leader and learning to delegate. One of my, uh, my great experiences is with a uh, process called EOS, the Entrepreneur's Operating System. It's by Gino Wickman, and he's got a, an amazing squad of people located around the world who are helping entrepreneurs who have scaled their businesses, grown their businesses in some place. They, they have what they call hit the ceiling. We should do an episode on it where it is beyond the scope of what they know how to do. And now they have to figure out about this whole idea of hiring people who know more, hiring smarter. So anyway, back to the vulnerability piece. That's an example of being able to admit you don't know and you're afraid that if you say that, people are going to think ill of you or they're not going to follow you anymore. So the idea of the what is exposing yourself by saying things that I, I don't necessarily think people are, are going to be positive about. Now, the why of it is, is simple. We need relationships where we care about each other. And the only way I know how to do that is to be open at the heart level. And one heart opens to another heart. And when you place yourself in a vulnerable position, you actually are going to offer an opportunity for people to care about you, as opposed to thinking ill of you. And the, the activation, so the why is really, we want a team where we really have a high level of trust, and that trust actually is activated by caring at a personal level. 
It's that simple. So the what of vulnerability is sharing something that you're afraid to share because people will think ill of you or you'll be embarrassed or you'll be shamed or you'll look as though you're weak. And the why is that is exactly the place where people will make connections at the heart. And at the heart, when I start to hear a person's story, that's when I begin to care. That's why in all the work that I do, I will do storytelling. And I will encourage people about connection. And connections are built by you getting to know each other. And here's where the contrived piece comes up. I can get to know somebody if over time, if I stay in the company and in the team long enough, eventually we'll end up at a conference together or a dinner together and we're hanging out and we're drinking a couple of beers or whatever. And that's when we tell stories, right? And uh, you're on a plane, you're traveling. Eventually you get to know their story. Where it feels contrived is if we say specifically to everyone, let's have story time. Let's sit in an open circle. Let's turn off the uh, business dialogue and the business content and all the issues around initiatives and progress and deadlines and milestones. And let's tell stories about each other. And I have a format that I use for storytelling. And the first question is share a memory of a happy time or a happy event that you have in your life as, as a child something meaningful and significant. And then the second question is immediately tell a story about one of your life's most challenging times or situations. Tell a challenge that you faced as, as part of your life. And then the third question is tell a lesson that you have learned from these challenges you face, because those are the ones that tend to teach us. And how has it affected the way you treat other people? And then the last one is bring me current. And And tell us one thing going on in your life that gives you joy and one thing that makes you sad. Those are my four power questions about storytelling. And I ask people to sort of take a timer and and put five minutes on the clock for that. And everybody has an opportunity to tell their story. And actually, as I'm thinking now, we should probably put these questions up on the website. And to be honest with you, I got two episodes that came out of this one, hitting the ceiling, and maybe we should have a nice episode on how to tell your story. So I think we've already downloaded as much as we can in the time we have for our lovely podcast. (laughs) I think, yeah, I think think we've got a few more questions in the bag, but you know what? Let's save those. We'll bring them back at another time. We know that you are probably traveling with the family and while they've probably gotten a lot of insight, I think it's time to let them, you know, maybe put on the music or listen to some more uh, carols as they're uh, heading home from grandma's. <laughs> but, of course, before we leave, we always want to thank you. We, we mean this sincerely and as honestly as we can. It is a privilege and a pleasure to share this insight, have these conversations Be a part of your journey as you become the consummate leader by attraction, help you succeed in your workplace, help you succeed as an individual, help you just succeed in life. And we hope that we are able to give you that each and every time that you get to listen to Sheer Clarity. So thank you. Thank you again for allowing us to be a part of your journey. Kevin, you started by thanking me. Let me, of course, turn around and once again, thank you for allowing me to be a part of this journey. It's been Like I said, an honor and a privilege and a pleasure. And 
a very educational experience for me personally. So I am indebted to you for that. My pleasure. And as always, we wish you Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever it is that you celebrate. As long as you do it with love and kindness, we hope that it is a great celebration. We will, in fact, have some more content for you right here as we turn the new year to 2020. But in the meantime, as always, please check out SheerClarity.com. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the podcast, post a rating and review, submit your questions, and we will interact and, and respond in episodes and in other places. And thank you again, and we will see you soon. Mm-hmm.